Testament, Matthew and then Mark in chapter number 5. It's a familiar passage of Scripture, and it's where there was a man who was uh, possessed by an evil spirit and a demonic spirit, and according to the Word of God, thousands, um, this man had to be in just misery. And the Lord came that day to the shore where this man had been, and this man is going to be delivered in our passage of Scripture. And um, praise the Lord, he's able to save to the uttermost. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter how far you maybe have signed yourself in sin and wickedness and darkness, God is able to save and uh, and this man, his life was was terrible until he met the Lord, and then the Lord changed things. And let's look at that. Let's, we'll read it. All right, we'll read the whole story. I just want to look at it one part of it today. But in Mark chapter five, we'll start in verse number one. If you like to follow, it says this: And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains that had been plucked, chains that had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? He answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. Now there were was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, just to please help us today as we look at your word this morning. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you just uh, open our eyes, that we would behold wondrous things out of thy law. Teach us and instruct us what we need to, to know and to hear and to see today. I pray that, Lord, if there be anyone here today that doesn't know you as Savior, that today would be the day of their salvation. That, God, today they, just like this guy, will run to you find deliverance. Father, I pray that, Lord, for those that, uh, Lord, we have friends and family that are in the dark places, I pray that we'd find hope for them today and pray for them and bring, you to, bring them to you in prayer. Father, I pray that, Lord, you just instruct us, Lord, in our own personal lives to stop and think about some things tonight or today. And, Lord, I just love you and I just pray you'd speak to us now. May you lift up your son and your word. Lord, hide the speaker, put a hedge about this place. Lord, may there be no distractions or 
or anything that the enemy would like to do to take away from your word. And I just pray that you'd be exalted today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, there's this man that's possessed with this unclean spirit. Um, it's a demonic spirits. And one would be terrible, uh, but obviously, well, there was 2,000 swine uh, that ran off. Uh, and legion means several thousand and a legion and an army. And and, uh, and so we assume that literally there were thousands of evil spirits in, uh, that possessed this man. And you'll notice some things about this man whom they possessed. He, he, uh, he is uh, surrounded by uh, numerous tombs. Uh, the Bible says there that uh, in verse number two, uh, immediately there met him out of the tombs. Uh, this guy lived around the tombs. He lived in the graveyard. Uh, he lived... Uh, in the cemetery, if you will, uh, around where the dead were. Um, you know, I, I'm not afraid of cemeteries. I'm not, you know, um, but at the same time, I don't want to live there. You know, um, that's not my intentions. I remember when we took our last trip to Mexico uh, with the group, and, uh, and we're all there in a group, and Brother Harris took us and explained the uh, funeral procedures in the graveyard of a of uh, someone from Mexico that died and and we were in this uh cemetery and um and he he taught a good good lesson and devotion and we started heading out and they had locked the gates we were stuck in the cemetery um and most of us were like ah, that's funny and uh but there were some in our group that were like eh. you know you could see it in their eyes including my daughter hope all right uh, i was like what's gonna happen dad uh you know we're in a city and it's getting dark and everybody's going can get us out uh you know and and uh so brother harris started talking to a guy across and they went and found bolt cutters and and um uh, we just had to cut the bolt and we all got out right we're here we got we escaped right um uh, but it, uh, you know, I I enjoyed visiting that cemetery and hearing all the stories. I had no intention of sleeping there that night, right? Uh, and they had there'd be big gates, right? Uh, big fences. You weren't just hopping over, right? Uh, a little bit different than here, right? And uh, so I was glad to get out, right? But I, I'm not fearful of a cemetery. But uh, uh, but at the same time, it's not normal to live there. It's not normal to find joy there and comfort there. And this guy did, because he was possessed by these evil spirits. And Christians shouldn't find joy in tombs, in darkness, and death. Just keep that in mind this morning. I know, ouch, right? But, I mean, that's not the spirit that we have, right? And but this guy did, yeah. But anyways, I'll go on. All right, but there's numerous tombs, and there was no taming him. The guy was out of control. People tried to like control this guy, but he was not controllable. Uh, he was you know wild, chaotic. Um, to what I know and have studied and seen, you know, from other passages with people in the same condition, and just in reality, right? That uh, you know the the one boy that was possessed with devil would often throw try to throw himself into a fire, burn himself, cast himself into a sea to try to drown himself, or um, they literally would convulse and 
foam at the mouth and and uh there's several you know this time of the year Hollywood movies that come out and uh try to have fun with this and this kind of things that a child of God should have no part of I uh, like to be f- scared God had not given us the spirit of fear so if God doesn't give you the spirit of fear I'll let you to try to decide who's trying to give you a spirit of fear. But it's not from God, right? But there's no taming this guy. He's out of control. Uh, we know that he tried to torture. He needed, he needed to torture himself. He cut himself. It wasn't something that he just did. He, he did it out of necessity. I know that because in our counseling ministry we, we deal with, that's a reality. Uh, people to, in a way, to try to, when there's such torment inside them, they try to find a release of that torment and physically harming themselves. This is something that's very prevalent in this age in which we live. A lot of people do this because of the great hurt that's within them, and they begin to try to release that pain and harming self-mutilation and cutting themselves. And um, it's a reality, and people, they need help that are trapped in this. And this book does bring that help, all right? God delivers from that, all right? So if you have loved ones that are trapped in this world, all right, there is help. There is hope. They can be delivered. This guy gets delivered, right? Uh, and uh, because Jesus is the answer. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, there, there was, he needed to literally hurt himself, and and uh, and it was uh, uh, his life was one of terror. Um, he he dwelled among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Day, night, and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying. It was just terror darkness um, this guy was trapped by this these wrong spirits had a hold of this guy and he was living in a very very dark world hurting himself crying out no hope out of control uh, people would literally they, they bound him because they were afraid of him no doubt and what he would do to them but also pro- trying to probably chain him to protect himself from himself but he would continually break these asunder. And it was uncontrollable. Um, now, I'm not going to focus on this, because people can get caught up in this world and become, that's why the Bible calls satanic things curious hearts, or curious arts, right? Beware of curious arts, right? It's called that because your flesh and my flesh is very curious about these things. And we don't need to dwell on those things. It's evil. God delivers, right? I'm not going to focus on these things, right? But this is where this guy is. He's on his way to hell. But praise the Lord, he met Jesus. And what was amazing there in verse number six, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Now, this guy wasn't saved. This guy wasn't delivered from these spirits yet. But God gave him grace to know he had obviously heard who he was. Matter of fact, I want to go into a big, long story in it. 
but the previous chapters, all right, while the disciples were right, you know, they landed on the shore, and that's where Jesus was. That night before, a great storm came in that body of water there, and the disciples thought they were going to drown. They literally thought they were going to drown. But Jesus stood up, and he commanded, peace, be still. And when he did, that entire body of water stopped. The wind quit blowing. It went from waves crashing over the boat and the boat sinking to perfectly still. And the disciples wondered, wow, what manner of man is this? What they also didn't know is that this important lesson, little life lesson. Sometimes let he, the Lord lets his children go through storms because there's lost people that are watching. The disciples didn't know why they were going through that storm. They were just doing what God told them to do. What they did not know is there's a guy that's been tormented for years that watched that. And as soon as they got to shore, he ran to Jesus. Because if Jesus could calm that, maybe he can calm me. And he ran and he worshipped. And every other time in this guy's life, he ran to people in rage. But to Jesus, he ran to him in reverence. And the Lord gave him hope that day. This man had been tormented by these demons and, he's, and the Lord commanded these demons in verse number 8. He said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He asked the demons, and he said, what is thy name? Uh, he was asking the man, but the demon spoke up. And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. So the Lord then told him to depart from this man, come out from this man. When he commanded that, the demons who are subject to the Lord, that's really important to know. They're subject to the Lord. Everyone's subject to the Lord. And every evil spirit is subject to the Lord. And they, they bid him, which is interesting. When he commanded that, verse number 10, he besought, and he besought him much that he would not send them out away out of the country. Now, there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. So he said, Come out of the man, and the evil spirits desired what they wanted. They besought him uh, that they would be allowed to enter into these pigs, swine. And I was just praying about the Lord's leadership today in the message, and I want to preach just a few minutes here this morning on this. Why the swine? Why did they want to go into the swine? What would their possible motivation be? Because the Lord could have sent them, well, they sent them out of the country. The Lord could have, the Lord could have cast them wherever. But they said, we desire to be cast into those swine. So why the swine? I just have a couple thoughts for you to think with me this morning, right? Number one, simple. They were unclean. I mean, pigs aren't known for the cleanliness. 
right? You have probably looked at your kid's room and said, who lives in this bedroom? A pig, right? I mean, not known for the cleanliness, except for Wilbur when he got buttermilk bath, right? But other than that, right? Other than that, pigs aren't known, they're known to be dirty. That's what they are. You know, there's a few places when we travel, you drive by, you ever drove by a really large pig farm? You roll the windows up. Right? Uh, they're not known for their cleanliness. Right? Matter of fact, pigs are comfortable when they're dirty. They need to be dirty. For their health, they need to be dirty. Um, but this uh, demonic spirits, they, they wanted, they were comfortable, they desired to be cast into the pigs. Because filth is comfortable to them. Filth is where they like to dwell. The Bible warns us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 as believers to avoid the filth of the flesh. These evil spirits were drawn to, to filthiness, to dirt, to, uh, to, to uh, uh, again, uh, the, 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 the stink, the stench, and all of these things. Be careful as a child of God, if your heart is constantly being drawn to the filth of this world, if you find great joy in the filth of this world, if you find great pleasure and comfort being around the filth of this world, there's something wrong in your heart. If you find your greatest joy and your greatest comfort zone not to be around God's people, but to be around the filth that's out there, there's something wrong in your heart. If you can be around all the filth of the world and, and it doesn't convict you and bother you, there's something wrong in your heart. They were drawn to the filth. There's a whole lot of filth in this world. So many perversions and darkness and death and, 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 and depressing and, and dirty things. Let it not be named amongst the child of God. And if you're drawn to those things, there's something wrong in your spirit. I'm not saying you're demonically possessed, but you can be very influenced and oppressed when you get used to filth. I mean, I'm not going to preach on this. We've preached on this topic before, but I believe as a child of God, you also should have something that doesn't allow you, because of the Holy Spirit of God, to just let yourself become filthy. There's nothing wrong with being poor. Matter of fact, we don't have anybody rich at our church. We're, you're amongst good company, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with being poor. But no one has to live in filth. It's a big difference. And if we choose to live in filth, there's something wrong with that spirit. And we've, we're filled with the things of this world, and the, you know, there's so much, I'm not going to, I could preach a long time on these things. All the filth with pornography that's out there and the filth that's out there with, with, uh, with, with the lewdness and Hollywood and, and the music and all the things out there that just promote the filth and the garbage of this world. Why would a child of God want to dwell in that? If there's a desire in the child of God for that, there's something wrong in the spirit. There's something not right. 
So these unclean spirits, they chose the pigs because, well, they were unclean. I believe they also chose the swine because the swine are unaware. They were unaware of what? Look, look real quick, over in Matthew chapter number 7, back a few pages. The Bible talks about pigs every once in a while. And in Matthew chapter number 7, look at verse number 6 in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 6, says this. It says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. You know, if you get a bunch of swine together, and the Bible says here, the Lord gives us instruction to give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before the swine. If you threw in pearls, they have value. I mean, pearls are they're worth something, right? They're a treasure. You know, if you you know go down to the ocean side and you start digging and you find a treasure box and it's filled with pearls, you're not gonna be like, oh, there's a bunch of junk, right? Now you're gonna be like, Woo! Yeah! Where's the nearest pawn shop? Right? You know, I mean that's what we'd be excited about it, right? Because it's worth money. It's a treasure. You know what you do if you cast out a bunch of pearls in front of a bunch of pigs? They'll just walk on top of them, try to eat them. It's just something in their way. They're unaware of what's in front of them. And I believe these demonic spirits chose the swine because they had no appreciation or no desire for anything that's holy. Just as much as they love the filth, they have, they're unaware of what is holy. I could even use this point, they're unappreciative of what's holy, of what is right. They literally would trample under feet. The swine would, these pearls, it would be nothing. If I told you that there's been 100 pearls dropped off in the backyard back here, we'd all be having a really good scavenger hunt today, right? We'd all be looking. But the pigs, they could care less. It is of no value to them. They're unaware of that. They're unappreciative of that. It means nothing to them. And I worry about the person that claims that they're a Christian and this book is not important to them. Follow me. Or the church is not important to them. Or that, that, that someone getting saved and souls are not important to them. That's a wrong spirit, my friend. When the things of God are no longer important to you, when the things of God have no interest in you, and you, you literally could just walk right past it and not care, there's something wrong. If someone walks the aisle and gets saved today, they've never trusted in Christ, but today they choose to trust Christ as their Savior. If that doesn't stir your heart in any way, and you're not rejoicing and exceeding glad because someone who was on their way to hell is now on their way to heaven, there's something wrong in your heart. They chose the pigs because pigs are unaware of things that are holy. They're unappreciative of what is right. Matter of fact, I wonder, this is just Travis Burke thinking, maybe those demonic spirits had an ulterior motive. Because what happens with these pigs who don't care about that which is holy? The Bible says there they turn again and what? Rend you. The Lord's stories don't cast your pearls before the swine because those swine aren't going to care about the pearls. Matter of fact, they may turn 
and destroy you. Maybe that's just a maybe. Maybe those pigs had those evil spirits had an ulterior motive. We possess those swine, two thousand swine, can do a lot of damage. Right? I mean, the Lord had already said this phrase <laughs> when you get to this story. Maybe they thought, I don't know. The fact is this, they didn't love the Lord. And an evil spirit in a heart that is unclean and unaware of what's holy and unappreciative for what is right you say, well, preacher, I would never treat God with that. Well, look over real quick in Hebrews chapter 10, real quick. Hebrews chapter 10, just something for us to think on here before we get our last point here. In Hebrews chapter number 10, in verse number 29, Hebrews 10 and verse number 29, the Bible says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy? who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. You know what? If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, right? if you don't know Christ as your Savior today, you know what the devil desires? The devil desires this. The devil desires for you to not get saved. Everything will be presented to you this morning that you can have eternal life. Every one of us are sinners in this room. There's none righteous, no, not one. I've done wrong, you've done wrong. We were born that way, right? Uh, we were geared for it, all right? So our flesh does. And because of our sin, the wages of sin is death. That death, as we talked about last Sunday morning, is all right, that, that final separation from God, that is the lake of fire. But it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us all so much, he sent his son Jesus, who is perfect and holy, and Jesus came to this world for this purpose, to die for our sins, to take the penalty of our sins, and he paid for that on the cross. He's the only one who could pay for our sins. Because all of us are in the same problem. We're in the same boat. We're all wicked sinners. But Jesus, who was on this earth, he is the only one who's ever perfect and righteous and holy, who knew no sin. He died for us. His blood was shed as a payment for our sins. He was, he was buried, but praise the Lord, he rose again. Because death did not win. Jesus won. Amen. Death and the curse of sin is not the victor. Christ is the victor. And he arose from the grave. And now everyone can have eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All of us can go to heaven by receiving the gift of eternal life. God's gift to you. It's yours. You just have to choose to receive it. See, how do I receive it? For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We receive the gift by faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. When we believe, have a point in our time, in our life, when we say, yes, Lord, I'm the sinner, but I believe that Christ died for me. 
And by faith, I choose to receive the gift of eternal life. Praise the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They that come to me, Jesus said, I will no wise cast out. You by faith go to the Lord. The Lord saves you. Praise the Lord for that salvation. Now that's the truth. You know what the devil wants? The devil wants you to take that, if you're not saved today, and say, no thanks. And you may say, well, you know, it's just no big deal. I, I'm just choosing not, not to make a decision now. According to Hebrews, when we hear this truth and we know this truth, but we decide not to have faith in this truth, just like those pigs, we are trampling under feet. Son of God. The blood of Christ. That, that's a harsh what it says and I'm not saying it to be mean I'm saying this in shame how many times that I heard the truth before I got saved how many times I said in an invitation how many times I heard preaching and I too would have trampled under, underfoot the blood of Christ what a terrible thing don't do that today I'm so thankful that the Lord never quits loving us amen even though I did ignore him and try to get over. He, the Bible says that he is, he is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. You can try to ignore it, but you can't. You have to deal with what the Lord has done for you. And I hope today you've chosen to receive Christ because if you say, ah, I, just, I don't want it, I'll, I'll walk out and deal with it some other time, we're acting just like these pigs. Trampling under feet. I could go on and tell you that swine are unruly. They uh, remember the you know the turn there, but in Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son, when he ran away, he found himself finally when he hit rock bottom, when he finally came to himself at the lowest of lows. He's sitting with a bunch of pigs who were eating the husk. Pigs consume garbage. They'll consume whatever's put in front of them. That's right. I'm not being weird, but they need you. <laughs> That's right. And the more that they eat, and their glands are made for this, and, but the more that they eat, the more fat they put on. And they'll eat anything pretty much put in front of them, and especially the garbage, they'll eat it, and it becomes more fat. And life that chooses to consume all the garbage of this world will become very affected by the world and it will limit you but it leads me to my last point which is really simple the pigs why the swine well they were unclean and they're unaware and they're unappreciative and they're unruly but lastly pigs are unable to look up They can shift their head a little bit. When these pigs get fat, which is what pigs do, the more they can, the garbage they consume, they can't do what you and I can do, which is this. They can't gaze into the air. They can't gaze into the sky. They have the inability to look up. The Lord's in these days when you see pestilences wars and rumors of wars natural disasters 
people crying for peace. There is none. Look up. Redemption draweth nigh. The Lord's coming back soon. I don't know when. Not about to put a time on that. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. As a child of God, we should be as John. Even so, come quickly, Lord. I hope you're looking for the return of Christ. One of my good friends, he's a pastor in Missouri, his son was getting married yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, 4 o'clock. And uh, that morning they woke up and Israel was at war. Son came out. I said, Dad, you hear about Israel? Pastor, his dad said, yeah, I did. Been listening to it. He goes, Jesus comes back today. I would be so upset. <laughs> his dad said, I think it'll be okay, son, right? <laughs> Poor kid, right? Uh, but he was worried, right? But there is some truth in this. We are getting close. And if you have the inability today to look up and the inability to say, I'm ready, please come, something wrong in your heart. These demons could have chose a whole lot of different things. They chose the swine. And had they known what was going to happen to the swine, I don't think they would have chose the swine. Because when they chose the swine, the swine went crazy, ran down a hill, ran straight into the ocean, and they all drowned. But there's a reason they chose the swine. And perhaps what the swine were and what they do is an important lesson for us to check our spirit. Where's our heart go? Where's our comfort? Where's our joy? Are we able to look up? Are we trotting underfoot the things that are precious and holy? If you're lost today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know you're going to heaven, in just a moment, I would invite you, please come. Let us take the word of God and show you how to be saved today. God wants you to know you're going to heaven. Right. Matter of fact, with the Bible, he said this in 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know you're going to heaven. If you are saved today, how's your spirit? Where's your heart? What draws you? May God help us. Maybe there's some things we need to get right. Say, look, I'm saved. Peter and Paul, they both alluded to this fact that it's a shame when we as Christians act like pigs. We're delivered, but we go back to the filth. We can. Not right, but we can. Let's not. Let's let God have control of our life.